and welcome to Side Character Quest. This is the guy that's always here for you. Always here for you. I do everything for you. Your, your father and I have given our lives Papa. to support you. And here I am, ready to play D&D with a, a, a very cool person. Uh, hey, introduce yourself. Papa, will you please teach me the Dungeons and the Dragons? I would love to teach you the Dungeons and the Dragons. It, it would be my honor. I've been waiting for this day since you were a wee babe. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? It's Elyon. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Elyon is back and ready for action. Um, in case you haven't listened to Elyon's arc when they came on before, they were previously on as the half-orc cleric Deirdre. Uh, tell us a couple little tidbits about Deirdre. One or two. What, what level are you at? What kind of person is Deirdre? What's, what's going on? Well, the last time you saw Deirdre, she was level five. Now she's level six. She did some stuff since the last time, I'm assuming. Got some training. Mm-hmm. Hit some fence posts, I guess. Um, <laughs> probably more than a couple fence posts. But uh, I can't remember how much I went into her backstory last time. I think I was waiting for it to come up in roleplay, but she is not one to speak often. Yeah, that was a that was a whole thing. You you uh, seemed like very much a character who, uh, as long as there was like a an authority figure around, they just like she just sort of waited for them to take the lead. Um, that seemed like a, a primary characteristic of uh, of Deirdre. That's what she was trained to do, baby. That's what she was trained to do. I have described Deirdre as a mix of the Hunchback of Notre Dame meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer to people. I don't know how that, that fits in, in line with your mind, but that's that's how I picture her. Yeah, I mean, her backstory was very much uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, although I did... My initial character idea for her was, well, I've never played a cleric before. <laughs> what interesting thing could I do with a cleric? Oh, maybe I could do like a half-orc cleric. <laughs> Oh, hold on. <laughs> Abandoned. <laughs> or found. Or stolen. It doesn't necessarily matter for her story. Mm -hmm. Raised in the church. Very hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. Trained to cleanse the world of sinful creatures. Exactly. Hunchback of Notre Dame meets uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is very apt. <laughs> Backstory, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Current story, fighting monsters. Yup. So, uh, with that out of the way, now that people basically know what her deal be, how about we, uh, we get to playing some Dungeons and Dragons? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Fade out, and then we're gonna do the fade in, and there's gonna be some, some swelling audio effects and stuff. It's all gonna be glorious and beautiful. How cinematic. How cinematic. Look. A beautiful, fierce sea. A dread swamp. Foreboding pines. A thriving city. Lonely towns. And a massive storm above a mountain stronghold. Farther still, beyond the wall containing them all, 
are rolling hills of red clay with roving monsters and people beaten down. A crossroads, a sanctuary, a cathedral, our flame. A building nearly 300 feet tall at the highest spire. The only home you have ever known. You are the sword of the priest here, Father Crayon, an augur dedicated to purging evil at any cost. From the outside, this place is a fortress, but the worn stone walls can't overshadow the central stained glass, which depicts a roaring torch in the night. Looking at it from the corner of your eye, you would swear the fire flickers and flows. Inside, there's you. <gasps> Hello. Um, in the past uh, few months since we last saw Deirdre, she has taken up a lot more uh, responsibility in the church in uh, Notre Flamme, uh, our flame. Uh, <laughs> she has been doing a, a lot more work for Father Crayon. In fact, she has uh, taken over doing some of his um, rituals. And what what is what are you doing today, right now? That that would normally be one of his responsibilities. Um, hmm. this is where I pretend I know what happens in a church. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I mean, it could be like um, it doesn't have to be necessarily church specific. This is a very old building, um, so like you could also be doing like maintenance kind of stuff. You could be swinging at some fence posts. I feel like she was already doing a bunch of maintenance stuff before, though. That's true. That's true. She, perhaps she is, I don't know, maybe it's more self-guided now? I don't know. She's got a couple extra things in the routine. Yeah. Probably actually doing, like, the magic wards and maybe sending messages to other churches giving and receiving updates. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So there's <laughs> lots of, uh, let's say you're you are outside right now, outside of the church, circling it and uh, applying um, various wards to the, the stone walls of our flame. And from outside, uh, you can see, as you're, you're walking by some of these slit-like windows, you can see just sort of light flickering from in the building. And you can hear um, the sound of people talking inside. Um, normally, uh, as we saw last time, the guests are far and few be between at this church, uh, but it is at a crossroads, so occasionally you guys do get visitors. Right now, uh, as you, you wrap up your duties, applying these wards and head inside, you see a small crowd of, uh, of figures mulling about the pews, some of them are, are laying down on the pews. Some of them are um, eating some food. Uh, and all of them have various packs. Um, and they all look fairly, like, travel-worn and travel-weary. Almost every single one of them that you see uh, is a goblin. But occasionally you do see some uh, taller figures, uh, including one who is very, very large. A tall orc woman who has been around the church for a while now who you you had gotten in a scuffle with last time. Uh, and she has uh, she's stuck around since then. You do not see uh, Father Crane out at all. There's not really any services that need to go on right now. You've taken care of your ward's duties. What are you going to do in this moment? Um, check up on the travelers, make sure that 
none of them need anything. If she needs to, she can create food and water. Oh, is that a thing that she can do? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, maybe it's a third level spell. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to do that, describe to me like uh, what that looks like. There's a lot of like hungry looking folks around. How how does that work exactly? Um, without even looking at the player's handbook to see what the spell says, <laughs> I'm gonna say that she kind of um like has a plate. Mm-hmm that she draws some symbols on, probably with, like, flour or something if she's creating food or, like, a bowl that she draws the symbols with um, some of the holy water. And then it just kind of, like, the bowl either, like, fills starting from the symbols or the food just kind of, like, piles up. It's probably just, like, bread, fruits, little easy things. Yo, I'm looking at this this spell right now, and you can create uh-huh. 45 pounds of food. That's so much. It's a third level spell. Is, I mean, I guess, yeah. It's like it, enough to sustain 15 humanoids or five steeds for 24 hours. The food is bland but nourishing, so it fits the idea that you've made bread. Wow, that's really crazy. Uh, yeah, so you, you make this food. Uh, I, I'm assuming you, you do this like sort of on the altar or... Yeah, probably that's where the holy water is. That's where I'm assuming that they have, like, that's where they keep their spell components. Yeah, yeah, probably. In the uh, rectory, I believe, is is the name of a thing. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure, I know how churches work. You know exactly how churches work. I've, I've definitely been to a church within the last <laughs> five years. While you are doing this, roll me a, roll, roll me a perception check. A perception... That was a really bad roll. It just kind of bounced. It was, it didn't even, okay. It didn't even land on like a number. No, it landed on a number, but it landed on the number that I picked it up on, which was 20 because I always rest them on the 20. Ah. And I'm like, that wasn't a roll. Mm. That wasn't a roll. That was me gently putting the die down. That's what I get for trying to be quiet about it. Perception, you said? Yes. 16. 16. Um, so you are doing this, and uh, while you are on the, the altar preparing this, this food and water, you notice it, one of the goblins has broken away from the, the main group. They are sort of a, a light blue, almost green skin tone. They are looking at you with very wide eyes and looking at the food, looking at the, or looking at the, the ritual circle that you were preparing to, to generate this food, and they're just sort of like easing up. And uh, you see them as they're getting ready to walk up onto the altar. Uh, I don't know if you allow that, or is that is that cool, or is that cool with you guys? I don't know. Uh, does it look like an adult, or does it look like a child? Um, I would say that that you they look sort of middle, like kind of kind of like an older teenager kind of age range. Um, it's it's a little harder to tell for for well, but you know goblins, like yeah, so they're they're like older teenager and they just sort of like get really close to you as you're doing all of this with just like very wide eyes hey hey what's this what's, what's going on over here you doing something okay oh I'm just gonna say this is yeah this is your dinner oh wait yeah, this is for me I'll get to this well not all of it it's to share where, where this come from 
Where did this come from? Are you a wizard? Are you a wizard? Hey, hey, Ty. Yeah. What god does Deirdre? <laughs> so, uh, we did not. Uh, I don't think we gave them a name. Let me let me let me double check real quick. It's it is not Lumen. So if you want, it's not Lumen. It is not Lumen. Thank goodness. Well, certainly not, not Lumen. Certainly not Lumen. Uh, do you actually do you say that? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can make up a name if you want, or we or I can choose one at a semi-random. I'll let you choose one. It's your world. Yeah. Um. So this. You're the one who's going to be stuck with it. <laughs> that's that's fair. So the name is uh, Thok. The god of cleansing fire. Thok. Okay, um... Gotta be very careful saying that one. <laughs> yes. Is that what that all you say? Just say the, their name? Yes. Okay. Um... Is that, is that like, uh, um... One of your wizard words? You are standing in a church of Thok. You could at least show respect. Hmm. Okay. 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 Um... All right. And, uh, and they, they sort of, like, sit down. I, I assume that you're sort of, like, sitting in front of this ritual spell or you at a table. They they mirror your posture. Whatever you are doing, they just, like, sort of stand, stand or sit next to you and just replicate it exactly. And they draw a circle um, with their finger on the surface next to uh, where you have summoned up this food. And they put their hands kind of on either side of it and lean forward a little bit. And they say... Okay, okay, okay. Thok. <laughs> Good fucking luck casting a third level spell, Thok. child. Thok. <laughs> okay, you've got to show me how to do this. I, I, I saw you do it. Tommy, <laughs> it just sounds like he's cursing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh this is our Battlestar Galactica like uh, uh fracket. He's <laughs> <laughs> just standing there. Fuck. Fuck. Ah oh, fuck. Ah oh, fuck. Ah. <laughs> oh. Ah, oh, now I feel like I should look up the spell to see it. It probably does have a verbal component, doesn't uh, it? Uh it has yes, it has verbal and somatic. So hand stuff. There's no component. I guess that makes sense uh, that there wouldn't be like a a, a a material thing because then it'd probably just be food, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to add it for flair sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she can do it without it, but it's part of the like, this is how, like she probably just draws like the symbol of Thok and then like channels her somatic component around it. Yeah. And says the words and then... I don't know if she would know that she can do it without the holy water yeah. or the consecrated flower. <laughs> That's probably more of a religious aspect as opposed to the actual, like, what is required for the spell. Like, yeah. like Thok would probably happily do this for you, even if <laughs> even if you didn't do everything exactly right. But you want to pay, pay respects. Um, and that's how you pay respects, right? Man, Deirdre's gonna be out one day and have to make food and be like, oh, I don't have any consecrated flour. And Thok is gonna be like, you stupid idiot. <laughs> You've never need the consecrated flour. The, the flour was you was in you all along. <laughs> the flour is you. 
so so this this little ch- um, child, this uh, teenage goblin, is uh, is just like doing that. And after a minute, they uh, smack their hand onto the the ground next to their little circle that they've they've drawn. I, I don't think this is working. I I think I think I think you just don't want to tell me how to do it. I think that's what's going on here. There's two components to the spell. Yeah. There is the ritual, which is what you copied. Yeah, I did a good job. Try my best. You did. You copied it almost exactly. The other element is belief. Hmm. Okay. But not belief in yourself or in the spell that it would work, but belief that Thok will help you. Huh. Huh. Is that... Are are you Thok? Is that your name? No, I'm Deirdre. Oh, and they, they stick out their hand. I'm Mads. Deirdre now has her hands full of bread. <laughs> <laughs> so she just kind of like nods uh, <laughs> and starts walking the bread uh, <laughs> to everybody else. Yeah, so you uh, you start walking down the altar um, towards the, the people. This is a lot of food, but you are just like, you know, carrying it very uh, solidly. Um, I'm guessing it's... Like, 45 pounds of food is so much. This must be, like, hardtack, like, dense bread, because otherwise I don't feel like it could fit in your hands. Um, you know? <laughs> She's just juggling bread as she walks down the... And, um... Bread, bread here. Bread here. 45 pounds of bread. <laughs> I feel like... I know that the spell is, like, you make bland... Like, it just says bland... Like, the food is bland, yeah. right? It doesn't say that it's all one type. No, no, yeah. It could be a lot of different stuff. It, so I think that there's like bread and vegetables okay. and maybe like a little bit of fruit. That sounds good. Yeah. So you you uh, are walking down. Um, perhaps you have like a basket or something that you've put it in, and you're uh, walking among the the people. And the goblins walk up, and a couple of them, um, especially the older ones, say thank you as as you come over and, and pass it out. Um, some of them just sort of grab it and then turn and walk like very quickly and, and hide behind a pew while they eat. And the, all the while, uh, Mads walks alongside of you, looking at the, the bread and like sort of, you, you feel a tug on your sleeve as she sort of like is pulling at the end of your robe and just sort of like looking at it, like looking at where it meets your wrist. Hey, hey. Uh, and they, they sort of st- go up next to you, um, stand up on one of the pews and uh, so that they can be near your ear and sort of like uh, lean over to you while you, you're passing out the bread. And she's like, hey, um... You can tell me. I don't mind. Uh, I won't tell anybody. I promise. Um, did you have this bread up your sleeve? You think I had this much bread up my sleeve? Well, I mean, you... Hey, don't look at me like I'm crazy. I mean, you just had all this bread show up. You're big. You could put it in your sleeve. I can put stuff in my sleeve all the time. See? Look at this. And uh, they, they whip out, like, a little, um, a little loop of metal... Uh, of like hard metal with a long uh, poker on it, fitted over their hand, pulling it out from under their sleeve, and it's it's sort of a like brass knuckles slash dagger kind of thing. Aha! See, right up my sleeve, and then they drop it back down, and it goes back into their sleeve. See, and you just do that much bigger person, so you can do it with a lot more stuff. So you got this bread, it comes out, it's perfect, right? That's what it was. That was the trick all along. Deirdre casts light. <laughs> Did you think that this was up my sleeve as well? 
on. In fact, she casts light on a piece of bread. <laughs> oh, that is that's beautiful. <laughs> the bread starts glowing. Uh, there, they when you do that, Mads. Oh, jeez! And they fall backwards off of the pew that they were standing on and slam against the ground. Whoa! And then get back up and uh, and start just like peering at it very uh, very fiercely. This is amazing. And then they, assuming that you weren't going to stop it, they like grab it and take it from you and just start like looking at it, sit down and just start looking at it as it glows. And that's their ration. (laughs) And that's their ration. Got that kid off my back. Now I can keep handing out bread to people. (laughs) (laughs) There's hungry people and this kid's asking me if I have 45 pounds of bread and vegetables (laughs) up my sleeves. Uh, Yes, exactly. So you continue on passing out the bread um, to all of the, the folks there. Hello and welcome to Minor Character Quest, a special sponsored segment brought to you by Flying Crow Coffee. Flying Crow Coffee, super fresh coffees, roasted in tiny batches. Today we're joined by our old friend Eli, who will be doing a mini quest with his character, Dang Dong. Hi. <laughs> you want to tell us anything about, about your character? Yeah, so uh, Dang Dong is a dwarf fighter, level one, and uh, for the last five years has been living as an orphan on the streets. All right. Are you ready for your quest, Eli? Hell yeah, let's do this, Ty. Great. You find yourself on a dusty road. Cicadas buzz in the hot, humid air. You see a man in chainmail off in the distance, accompanying a horse-drawn carriage. Your cat is stuck up a tree next to the road. How do you get it down? Well, I guess I gotta climb this tree. And I'm gonna try to climb the tree to reach the cat. Give me an athletics check. I got an eight. Ooh, we were looking for a 12 on that. You start to climb the tree. Then as you, you approach the cat, it scratches your face. You fall down off the tree and take 2d10 falling damage and 1d4 scratching damage from the cat. Okay, 2d, so falling damage, 6, 10 falling damage, and then 1d4 scratch damage. So that is 12 damage total. I am at 1 HP. Well, congratulations, Eli. Sounds like you've survived your minor character quest. Hold up, hold up. You should congratulate Dang Dong. Thank you. Well, congratulations, Dang Dong. Looks like you've survived a minor character quest. Well, that was fun. Thanks again to Flying Crow Coffee. Make sure to use the discount code SEQ10 at checkout to let them know we sent you and to get 10% off a single order or off your first subscription order. Find them at flyingcrowcoffee.com. Back to the show. Meow. So a little bit of time has passed. Um, people have had their meal. They have been just sort of enjoying themselves. Folks have started to feel a lot more comfortable. Um, most of this group had arrived earlier today and uh, there was a bit of unease, but after being fed and uh, having had a chance to uh, sort of lounge about in this building, people are uh, feeling a lot more um, comfortable. 
things are, are settling down a little bit. And some folks are sewing patches on their clothes, are sharpening um, some of their short swords, whittling uh, small pieces of wood, all sorts of different things. And meanwhile, that large orc woman is sort of standing in the corner and has been just arms crossed, uh, has been watching all of this go on. She is very tall. Uh, she is about uh, 6'6", so like seven, ta- seven inches taller than you. She is like very, very heavily muscled, tusks coming up from under her, uh, up over her lips, and has just been sort of silently watching all of this. When you look over to her and she makes eye contact with you, um, she nods and walks over and grabs one of the last pieces of food that is is sitting in the basket and uh, picks it up and starts eating it. And she looks at you and just nods her head again um, after chewing on it for a moment and just goes... (laughs) And... uh, Deirdre just kind of like nods back like uh-huh mm-hmm. uh she's she's <laughs> she doesn't really say anything <laughs> um and, and by the way she is wearing um clothes that sort of match uh your robes as well she has sort of fallen into the same sort of thock uh ensemble <laughs> <laughs> uh and it fits in very much with the the look of the rest of this church as you wrap up she gestures to the the group, uh, gestures towards how they're all sort of relaxed, calm, collected, and then nods her head to you, sort of to indicate, like, I've got this. Um, I'm watching everybody here, so you can go do whatever it is you need to do. All this time, like, Father has not been out and about. You have not seen him or heard from him while this whole deal has been going down. Which is probably why Deirdre was doing it instead of him. Yeah, yeah. This was definitely the sort of thing that a few months back he would have definitely been taken care of. And Deirdre would have been the orc woman standing in the corner menacingly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, if she didn't have, she probably has, um, a couple more, like, routine things that she does. Mm -hmm. Although part of them are uh, shared with the orc woman. I can't remember her name. Does she have a name? I, what do we call her? I don't think that she. Um, I don't think that she had a name in the last the last arc. But you can call her pretty much whatever you want. She uh, has never spoken since she has been here. Do you? Do you think that that Deirdre would have tried to talk with her at all over? Like, do you think that she would have attempted to have some sort of conversation with her in the months that that she has been here? Probably not mm. so much as like this is these are what your duties are. These are how you do them. Mm-hmm. Especially if she's not that interested in having a conversation with Deirdre. Yeah. So unless it's like how things work. She probably knows barely anything about this woman. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, could you roll me a... I'm trying to think what would be the appropriate check here. I, I want to know what you have, what you would know about this character. I, I feel like... Uh, roll me a history check that is going to be a pretty fairly low DC just because like this person has been around you so long. All right. I had forgotten Deirdre is proficient in history. Nice. Uh, That'll be a 17. Sweet. So one thing that you have noticed about this woman is that she does not have a tongue. Ah. 
which is a very, very good reason for you to not, not actually be talking. And you know that uh, with, with a 17, I'll, I'll give you that, that is not a super uncommon thing. At one point, you know that there, there used to be a lot of orcs that didn't have tongues. They had removed them as part of a sort of coming of age thing in this area. The number of people that have done that has dramatically decreased in your life but you know that it is a, a thing that used to be much, much more common. Uh, and th- this is probably one of, you know, maybe five or six people that you have met like this in your lifetime. Uh, so it is a thing that you've, you've definitely seen before, but it's not, it's not common. And, and so she's from whatever group that was that, that used to do that. I mean, I feel like they have some sort of, like, gesturing system down. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Just a series of, like, nods and looks and hand gestures. Because Deirdre, very quiet. Yeah. I almost gave her a name just off the cuff. Uh, oh, no, do it, do it. I, I kind of like the idea almost, that, like, that, that Deirdre has accidentally, like, started referring to this person as something in their head, but has never actually said it aloud to them. The one that I almost called her was Hilda. <sighs> I can live with that. <laughs> That's good. All right. I'm going to make a note of that real quick. Okay, cool. So, uh... She and Hilda have a series of nods and looks and gestures that they've kind of figured out. And Deirdre is like, oh, thank God. I don't have to pretend to be interested in speaking to a person. <laughs> That's delightful. After after the conversation between you and Hilda, uh, you hear uh, some loud coughing coming from uh, coming from back down some hallways. Uh, it's it's v- very long, goes on for a while, and uh, you can tell that that some of the goblins around the room have like sort of stopped what they were doing to look down that way. You notice Mads. Uh, Mads is just completely not focused on that at all. They have, like, drawn with some dirt that they have gotten, uh, drawn a circle on the ground, and you see them with their hands just on either side of the circle, saying fuck, fuck, uh, as trying to replicate your uh, your ritual from earlier. I do like how there there is a verbal component to it <laughs> that is not thought. Yeah, oh, and they probably heard you say the real thing, uh, but, but that is not what they're doing. <laughs> but yeah, so... You just hear all of that that coughing coming from the, the back room. What do you do? I'm gonna go towards it. Not in a manner that would let off that she's worried. Yeah. But that, like, oh, she was gonna go that way anyway, and now she has to aid someone else. Gotcha. So walking uh, past the altar, uh, past your ritual space, past candles and mosaics on the walls, you head down this uh, this hallway. Um, you see several rooms uh, as you go back. Some storage spaces for uh, larger masses, which are have has mostly been untouched in in the past several years. You so rarely had a an excuse to. Uh, bring out supplies for for that larger group. As you were making your way back, you get to the office, the sort of private workroom of Father Crayon, and you just hear this racking cough coming from inside of the room. Father? <coughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. I <coughs> 
I'm... Do you... Do you require another prayer? I... I'm... I'm fine, child. I... Uh, you hear the his chair uh, scrape against the the floor as he stands up. I, I'm perfectly capable of. And then you hear uh, a this the chair scrape again, and you hear a thud as he uh, falls onto the floor. And uh, uh. and you hear him uh, <laughs> racked with coughing again. Uh, his door is closed. It closed. It is not like you have oh. you have been in this room before. This is not like his his uh, bedroom space. This is like is, a. Oh, go ahead. Is it a place where she would be allowed to open the door? Um, I would say that allowed is such a complicated word. <laughs> you you hear very pained cough coughs coming from this place, and uh, you do not hear the sounds of him standing back up. I will say that. She girts her loins and opens the door. <laughs> um, looking inside, you see um, an old man who in the past year has has seemed to have aged 10 years in the past one. He is laying on the ground, um, curled into a fetal position next to his work desk, uh, which has uh, candles on top of it. Two or three of the can of the, the candles uh, have been knocked over their wax hardening on the surface uh, over some of his papers. One of the one of the candles, the flame has started to uh, catch a small scroll on fire, and you see uh, various packs and supplies piled up on the opposite wall. What what do you do? I put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put out the fire, and uh, and and. As you do, um, Father Cran, uh, his his cough starts to slow, but he is still curl on the ground. She's gonna start. Uh, would she do prayer of healing? That takes like what ten minutes. She's gonna do like a quick healing word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that just you basically just like literally say a word, maybe like a soft glow, or uh, how does that how does that look? Yeah. Uh, see, this is where I should have just had the player's handbook so basically uh, <laughs> as long as we're doing these sorts of things that are like outside of combat when i ask you those sorts of questions it's literally just give me flavor I, I don't i don't give a shit what it actually like says in the in the book i know but i like accurate flavor that's fair that's fair <laughs> or at least i can like justify the inaccurate flavor yes uh healing word right healing word yeah um it says a a creature of your choice that you can see within range regains hit points equal to 1d4 plus your spellcasting modifier. Spell has no effect on undead or constructs. Um, it's instantaneous. Uh, one bonus action. It's only verbal components, it says. Um, so I'm guessing it's literally just like a, a healing word. Okay. Yeah, she she just says a word and just cut. I feel like it's mostly instinctual. Yeah. <laughs> she just... Puts out fire, <laughs> casts healing word at the same time. It's a bonus action. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe like you, you give a, a quick prayer to Thok, and as you do, um, gain, give a little bit of uh, the, those HPs to uh, Father Cran, who is still laying on the ground, but uh, but sort of sits himself up and uh, looks to you and says, "Thank, thank you." Um, and he looks kind of. His eye, he doesn't meet your eyes. 
as he says, Could you... Could you help me stand? Yes, father. Um, And he grabs your hand and you pull him up and then he leans lightly against his desk and looks over to his his chair laying on the floor uh, and he sort of shuffles over to it, puts it upright, and then sits down very heavily on the chair. Notice a year ago... This was a man that you were going on the road with, that you were you were traveling with, that you were fighting these corrupted beasts in the countryside with, and now he is he looks very frail. He's lost a lot of muscle mass. His his golden eyes have lost a bit of their their shine, but more importantly, there is a coming up under his collar. You see a spreading black mark that is just sort of reaching up his neck. Uh, And that is the first time that you have noticed that. Father, forgive me speaking out of turn. Um, Your neck has a mark on it. He reaches up and and grasps his neck, um, covering it. It's hard to say if it's... It looks like it's, it's... It's hard to say if he's grabbing it out of pain or out of almost... He looks ashamed... Yes, um, well, I, yes. Deirdre? Child? Yes? I, I don't know if I've, uh, have I been hard on you? Have you been happy here? I'm happy to do my duties and serve flock, yes. Hmm, uh, he, he nods his head at that, like that is what he expected to hear. Deirdre, I am... I am not doing well. Um, I, I'm getting weaker. You, you've seen. I, I haven't been able to do the rituals. I have not been... A, we have not been able to go out and, and fight. Uh, and... Deirdre, do you know what it is to be an augur? My... My people... We have a sense in our heart of what we were put on this earth to do. It's born into us, and it compels us, and it protects us, and it keeps us on the right path. And when we don't have that knowledge, when we lose that that path, it, it is painful to us, and... Deirdre, I have been pursuing my my duty, my destiny, to purge the lands of these these things. And he gestures uh, while uh, pretty broadly, but then sort of shrinks in on himself uh, as if he has hurt himself just by that that mo- motion. I I can't do it now, and I know I am not done. I have not completed my mission. And I've, I like to think that I have prepared you for someday, but in, for now, I, I don't know that regardless of whether or not you are ready, I am not ready to be done. And this, and he gestures to his neck again, this is not stopping 
And um, what is what is Deirdre thinking in this moment? She's a little bit panicked because this is the most she's like quietly panicked. This is the most vulnerable she's ever seen Father Crayon. Yeah. Um, so she is not going to utter <laughs> any sound until prompted. She is just going to ride this out gotcha. as long as she needs to. He is he has not made eye contact with you once during this whole this whole conversation, this whole well, this monologue. I've been conversing with I, I've been sending messages uh, and he he indicates to a uh, a small uh, ritual circle around um, a candle covered with runes next to a, a sheet of, uh, of paper and a quill which which you know to be part of his sending magic is sending the really long distance one sending is the long distance one but it's also telepathic okay oh well that's flavor <laughs> yeah that's that's how he do <laughs> It, it might not be necessary, but that's how he do. Well, he probably writes it out just so that he can make sure that because it's only like 25 words per spell. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah. So I, I'm sort of imagining how he that this doesn't need to. This will go in the little bloopers because this is completely unnecessary for this <laughs> bit of the conversation. But how I'm imagining it going then is he writes out the message, make sure it's the right length. He um, sets that candle in the center of a little ritual circle. And then when he wants to make the telepathic connection, he puts his finger against the the ritual circle. Uh, the, the candle alights and bursts with a, a flame. And then he sends that message telepathically. Afterwards, he just like burns the little message, uh, the written message. Nice. So um, I, I've been reaching out to people I've met over the years and I, I think that I've found I, I think I've found something that can help help me and I have uh, he gestures um, behind you uh, to the stack of supplies that's against a wall I, I have supplies for you and Deirdre he looks up and looks you in the eyes I need you to do this for me I need you to find me something that can stop this. Please. Of course. And anything. Deirdre's like, like the most, like almost kind of tearing up because she just has like, okay, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, she is fine, like going up against uh, corrupted creatures and undead and everything. But this is freaking her out. <laughs> Big time. Um, he he nods his head, looks at you, says, "Good. Um, do you, do you think the the orc can handle your? Do you, do you think they're prepared to handle some of the, your tasks while you're gone? Obviously, the rituals I, I'll have to I'll have to take care of. But uh, and he starts like he has immediately as soon as you've agreed to it has just sort of regained a bit of his uh, his usual demeanor. So he he's sort of." talking aloud and giving you orders as if, you know, things are normal. Deirdre calms down a little bit <laughs> with the return to normalcy. Make make sure the make sure the orc knows what duties you have to take care of. Um, anything she can't do, please uh, write down for me and I'll, I'll make sure that I, that I, I take care of, but um, well, anyway, pr- prepare yourself. You leave first thing in the morning. 
take Veritas, uh, and he just starts issuing out orders, uh, checklists of things for you to do, and then finally uh, dismisses you. She she gathers the supplies and uh, takes them back to her chambers to double check that everything is in there, um, pack a couple of her little trinkets just that she keeps, uh, which I don't, she doesn't have a lot, mm-hmm. but like she's she's gotten a couple little things. Yeah, like El- Alberta used to give her stuff, and I'm sure she also yeah. used to pick up things all, all along the travels. And just make double checks everything, uh, studies whatever map or instructions she's been given, and then sits down with a quill to write out a list of um, does does Hilda know how to read? That is a good question. I don't know if you probably realize in this moment that you don't know the answer to that. You would probably assume she doesn't because most people that you meet are not literate. So she dips her quill, going to make a list for Hilda, <laughs> and then like pivots and ends up making that list for uh, Father instead of the things that Hilda can't do. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> We see Deirdre as the sun sets, writing these lists, preparing for her journey, preparing to leave the only home that she has known to travel into the world by herself for the first time. Um, As the sun sets, we hear the sound of the bell ringing as she completes this ritual for the last time for she does not know how long. And that is where we are going to end today. Yay! (laughs) All right. So thank you very much for coming back and joining us for another arc with Deirdre. I'm really excited to see where this is going, as I'm sure you are. You're probably more interested to see where it's going because you don't know. Um, (laughs) But uh, and I I do have some ideas. Um, You're like, oh, yes, I'm interested to see where it's going. What's going to be the twist that that Ty comes up with? Unfolds paper that says where it's going in really big letters on the top. Uh, so yeah, would you like to uh, plug your your other show that you are on? Yeah, I'm on Capes and Japes with my good pal Olivia, and Ooh. we talk about comics, comics characters, comics books, uh, all the whack stuff that happens in them. <laughs> uh, we talk about how much we love our kids. And by kids, I mean the comics characters. <laughs> I, I assumed that you were, you were going to say, and by kids, I mean our, our kitty cats. <laughs> That's usually what people mean on the show. <laughs> I mean, I do love, I, I do love my pets, but we talk about our kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, teen superheroes mostly are our kids, our children, our darling, darling sons and daughters. <laughs> um, but we try to make it accessible for people who don't know anything about comics 
and we try to make it fun for people who know a lot of things about comics. Nice. Did I say the name of the show or did I get distracted? You did say the name of the show, but furthermore, I will have a link to it in the show notes. I will also have a, a promo for it immediately after the end credit song stuff. So just listen for that. And and but but more importantly, uh, just go up onto your, your your podcast app and look up Keeps and Japes and be like, hey, this is what I want to listen to. And uh, hey, hey, while you're at your your podcast app, uh, how about you throw a review to, to us? Like say let's say like hey, we like we like these shows. I never ask people to do that. I feel like I should probably do that more often. Hey, hey, do that. What if people put their show conspiracy theories in your in the reviews? Oh, I would love that so much. Give me all of your conspiracy theories. Tell me what you think is happening with everyone. Tell me what you think like the the, the characters are getting up to now, like after after their arcs. I'm, I'm, that is when write fan fiction write, in the reviews. Oh my god! Oh my god! I would love that. Please, please, somebody write fan fiction for the show. Uh, <laughs> please, guys. Um, I, I want that very much. Anyway, until next time. Thank you all for listening. And uh, how about we pitter-patter on out of here? I don't know if that was a completely untenable sound or not, because that was on the ironing board that I'm recording on. (laughs) Thanks to the Joy Drops for the use of Not Drunk as our intro and outro music. Find them at thejoydrops.com. You can find us at sidecharacterquest.com, at SCQ Podcast on Twitter, or by email at sidecharacterquest at gmail.com. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. You might have already heard of Wonder Woman, but did you know that there were several people who went by Wonder Girl? You've heard of Spider-Man, but did you know there's more than just Peter Parker? Well, here at Capes and Japes, we can fill you in on all that stuff that you maybe didn't know. My name's Olivia. And I'm Alion. And you can catch us every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you there. This is going to get cut and put in the bloopers. That is just a podcast. Um, gosh, I've listened to some people's podcasts and I have, and this is no knock on them, but it's just like a, gosh, I mean, that seems so much easier. <laughs> like These people are just having a fun <laughs> conversation. Oh, can I just right? have a like, fun conversation? I don't have to do any pre At least, at least Olivia and I like Research. share duties. Like she researches yeah. and I edit the podcast. There you go. That's beautiful. So... <laughs> And I do all the social media and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's good. I, I'm basically doing like everything for this because I'm a fool. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, that even if somebody was to like offer to edit stuff, I would be like very. Uh, no, no, I got to do it. Man, so I was I was listening to Deirdre's episode, uh, like the first one uh-huh. of the Deirdre episodes, and I realized like I feel like I. I remember editing things very tightly, but there was like a long period of time that I left in that episode of me just like 
looking up stuff. Like, like <laughs> there's like a, a 30 second chunk that's just me going, hmm, hmm, okay, hmm, uh, hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? How was, I- was that when you were looking up names? Yeah, it was when I was looking up names. Like, I mean, it must have been that there, there was like, there must have actually been like five minutes of that. And so I cut it down to 30 seconds and thought it was okay. And that's not okay. That's still too much. Hey, it's been a year and a half. It's been a year, a year and a half. Lots of learning. You've, you've grown. Mm-hmm. You've learned. Oh, man, fun fact. I have not recorded an episode of Side Character Quest since before Thanksgiving. Wow. I thought you were going to say, fun fact, I haven't grown. I haven't learned. <laughs> that as well. All right, dog. Okay, I don't know why I keep calling you dog. Uh, but here, it's fine. Here we are. The god uh, Thok is god of cleansing fire. It uh, kind of cut out right as you said the name. Okay. Censored. Uh, it is uh, censored. I just I just realized that like uh, we just sort of skipped over the the inevitable part where. Um, where Mads shoved a, a glowing piece of bread in their mouth <laughs> to see it, like to have like the light going out, it like, like goes down their throat. Uh, that definitely happened. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Of course. I was uh, I was talking with somebody who like streams live, um, and I'm like, I don't know how you could do that. It's it's right? it's so like it's so like. All of this, I can just cut out and make it seem like I gave good exposition. <laughs> like, I can't do that if it's live. <sighs> I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. I watch Critical Role and it's like, how? It's magic. Are you doing this for four hours? Ugh. Ugh. Way. Um... You notice Mads uh, is just is not paying attention. He's just sort of like, uh, or sorry, um, Mads is she. I need to remember that. Um, Mads. I think you've been using multiple different pronouns for Mads. Mander, Mads is like, what is gender? Mads is like, what is gender? All right, that's that's going to be a consistent thing. Mads is, what is gender? I'm not. I'm probably going to cut out this conversation, but I will change their pronouns as the the game goes on. Thank you very so we're gonna do like the little fade out and then the like <laughs> and then we're we're fading back in. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um I uh I was talking with Mason uh the other day and they mentioned uh they asked me if I like edited in the sounds of dice rolling sometimes, and I was like, no. And he's like, how does it how does it like, how is it mic'd so well? And I was like, it's just loud. I don't know what to tell you. It's just loud. Um, hey, I, hey, I got some news for you. Dice be loud. Dice be loud. It, it's, I've got a nice little metal one for Deirdre. Oh. oh, it rolled me a four, though. It's a nacho cheese. It's the jalapenos. <laughs> 